hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is a guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right back runner. He's not Dan Grafton. He's just fourth. Still Grafton. Oh my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Still Grafton. This is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Victor. He absolutely decked Jim Kite with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left hand. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 59 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host. And this is the show where we focus on the players who drop the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. Today is my first interview I've had in a while, and it was a nice change of pace for a little bit here. And it's none other than Nico Blatchman of the Florida Everblades. Uh, Nico is currently in his rookie season with the Florida Everblades and is looking to make a name for himself as kind of a tough guy coming up. It's very interesting to see, uh, you know, I... This is the first time I've ever interviewed anybody that's younger than me, and it's a little bit of a change of pace from the the older, I don't mean this in a bad way, but, you know, the older guys I've had on who have retired, you know, mid-2000s, early 2000s, what have you. So it's a little bit different change of pace, and it was refreshing to see that um, a younger guy wanted to, uh, you know, make his paycheck kind of being a tough guy and embraces the role, and we go over that and how much he actually enjoys fighting. Um, and, you know, there's a few guys still kicking around. I know I give the uh, the younger generation a little bit of shit, but there are still some guys willing to throw down. You know, you got guys like Cade McNally, uh, Nico Blashman here, and Cody McDonald coming up with the Everblades. So there's it, it's still around a little bit. It's hanging around. So there's still some, some tough cats out there, definitely. And um, it was a lot of fun, actually, interviewing Nico. Uh, real quick, I apologize if I sound stuffy or short of breath or anything like that. Uh, I started feeling under the weather a couple days ago, and I can't, haven't been able to quite kick whatever it is. So um, we'll see. I, I don't know if it's COVID or what, but if it doesn't get better soon, I might go get a COVID test. But um, I think it's just a head cold. I've been taking some NyQuil and DayQuil and everything like that. So hopefully we kick it soon. But um, nonetheless, I had a lot of fun interviewing Nico, and uh, I was fortunate enough to see Nico in his first ever uh, regular season pro fight against Chris Ortabody and. Nico had, uh, he got buckled at first and Nico came back and the refs let him go. So the linesman stayed out of it. And, uh, I think, uh, Nico redeemed himself a bit there. So it was a lot of fun interviewing him and it was a change of pace. So it's a, you know, as, as most of you know, if you're a longtime listener of the show, how I kind of do things is I timeline their careers and go from the rookie season all the way to the end. Well, it was a little bit different this time because of course Nico is just starting, starting his career. So, um, I, I think I asked some solid questions. Like I said, it's it's a little bit different perspective of something because it's a guy who's just coming up in the role and still trying to make a name for himself. So I had a lot of fun interviewing him, and I was fortunate enough to uh, meet Nico in person beforehand. And I went to a locker room tour of the Everblades, and I, I initially wasn't going to ask him at all to come on the podcast. Or, um, 
you know, as much as I'd want to, but I just, I, I didn't want to be that guy that, you know, that fucking loser that comes up and is just, you know, oh, can you please come on my podcast? And, um, I got to thank Tommy over there. Uh, he's really taken me under his wing for, uh, showing me the ropes of the Florida Everblades Hertz Arena and everything like that. So Tommy kind of pushed me out of the nest, I guess we'll say. And he was like, yeah, by the way, Alec has something to ask you. And that was when I was like, oh, all right, well, basically I got a podcast. And then I went full fucking nerd about hockey fights and everything like that. It was just, you know, the, the dam was broken at that point. So, <laughs> uh, but no, I seriously, I thank Nico for coming on the podcast and, um, it was a lot of fun. I think you know, not only Florida Everblade fans will enjoy it, but I think fight fans will too. It's, it's a newer perspective on things and the role of tough guys. And we go over kind of some controversial rules like, you know, the 10 fight rule and stuff like that. And um, university hockey, how it's supposed to be cleaner with the full cages and everything like that. But it's not. So uh, we go over stuff like that. And I think it's a lot of fun. And it's a great it's a it's a fresh perspective on the role in today's game. Give me one sec here for water. Um. Probably sounds like I'm sipping out of a sippy cup. I have like my Gatorade bottle for hockey because it just, it holds a shit ton of water, so I always use it. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's a very fresh perspective on the role, and I think people are actually going to enjoy it. And it was a lot of fun to interview Nico, and I hope he hasn't been in the game in a minute. So I'm wondering if there's an injury going on, or I don't I don't know what's going on. So hopefully he's in this week coming up against Orlando uh, on Wednesday, and then they also have a game against. Jacksonville on Saturday. Jacksonville's the military game, so I'm really excited to see the military jerseys. I'm hopefully hopefully going to bid on a couple of them. We'll see how it goes, but um, yeah. So hopefully hopefully Nico's in the lineup here soon. I'm not sure if there's an injury going on or if the, you know you never know. Uh, so hopefully we see Nico back in the lineup here soon. Um, before we you know I let everybody go, I got to give of course the shout outs to Fourth Line Voice. Uh, Darren over there at the uh, at the Fourth Line Voice. He does a great job. He's the original Enforcer podcast. Um, he's been going through a move and, you know, I, I think he took a page out of my book to start, uh, how to, how to stop doing content 101 is just tell everybody you're moving. And next thing you know, you don't have to put out content for a couple months. Um, <laughs> no, I kid. He finally sold his condo. And I, like I said, I think he finally, it, when people were going through the walkthrough and, you know, it was open house or whatever, I think he finally smartened up and put the Mel Angle sad poster up in the living room to really tie everything together. So, uh, if that wasn't the main selling point, I don't know what is, but uh, anyways, congrats to Darren and, uh, his wife. I know it's been the, the trials and tribulations of trying to sell that damn condo. So it's got to feel like the monkey's off your back and a huge sigh of relief for them. And, um, I'm looking forward to see whenever I know he's going to post pictures of it eventually, uh, whenever he sets up his podcast room in the new house. So when we get to see some of the old relics that he has laying around, I know he's got some shit that's been in boxes for years. He hasn't been able to put up. So looking forward to that, but Darren does a great job. He's got a, a tremendous back catalog. John Morassi, Joey Tedarenko, Clark Wilm, uh, Steve McIntyre, Josh Mazer. The list goes on. And, of course, the other Enforcer podcast I got to mention is uh, – is, well, now Darren has changed his nickname to Broadway Joe because apparently he's uh, you know a trader and starts working at MSG now. But he's an Islanders podcast, uh, an Islander Enforcer podcast to be exact, and that's Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicles at the Penalty Box podcast. And that is uh, exclusively Islanders, tough guys, and enforcers. And any so anybody who was involved in the Islanders team, whether they played with the actual Islanders or their farm clubs, uh, Joe interviews them and gets their perspective on thing, or excuse me, on things. So he does a great job. But yeah, apparently he's working over at MSG now. So he's he's sleeping with the enemy, I guess. But who knows? Maybe he's just a, maybe he's just a mole and he's trying to infiltrate him to you know get them to sign more fucking soft players or something. Who knows? 
But no, I can't. Joe does a great job. He's got a tremendous back catalog over there as well. You know, Kerry Clark, uh, Mike McWilliam. He's got like a 16 part saga with fucking uh, Trevor Gillies. He's given Star Wars a run for its money at that point. So both guys have tremendous back catalogs. As much as we give each other shit, we're all in it. We're all in the same boat. And uh, both guys, you know, hats off to them. They do a fantastic job. And uh, I'd really, really quick, actually, I just started doing this. So with the ECHL coming out and I'm following it more and, uh, you know, the season started up not too long ago and then uh, I got season tickets to the Everblades. Actually, on my YouTube channel, I'm starting to upload a lot of ECHL fights. It's the current fights. So uh, you're not going to get your OG like, you know, Ken Tasker fucking send fights or anything like that. But there's some good ones here and there. There's guys willing to chuck. Jake Keerley just had a pretty solid one with uh, Josh Thrower the other night. Uh, it was actually yesterday. It was the matinee game, not the night. Um, versus, it was when the Everblades played the um, the Atlanta Gladiators. So that was a good one. There's a couple other solid fights on there. Wheeling and Cincinnati just had like a, a fucking melee at the end of the third period. No, it was the first period, excuse me. At the end of the first period the other night, and there was three fights at the end of it. So I got that up on the YouTube if you want to go check it out. Just look up Five for Fighting Podcast, and you can actually watch this interview if you want to you know, I don't know, hit pause here and then go actually watch the interview with Nico uh, Blatchman. It's it's on there on YouTube. I have it I have it up there as well. So you can go check that out. Um, I'd, that's something I'd like to start doing is is recording my interviews and uploading them as well. So I, I did the, like the test run with Nico here because it was a little bit of a shorter interview. Um, so that was kind of my test run. But now I think uh, it's going to be solid. So I'm going to start doing that as long as it's a Zoom call interview. I'll be able to, you know, record it with the guys and uh, get it uploaded there. So, but yeah, so I got some fight videos up there. I got some clips of the podcast. I got the interview with Nico up there. So we're really trying to get the YouTube ball rolling here. I was really sluggish with it. I'd upload and then I haven't uploaded for months. And so I was like, ah, I might as well just start uploading some uh, ECHL fights. So if you want to stay, uh, stay up to date or just get some fight content in there, I encourage you to go check that out. And of course, check out Darren's fourth line voice YouTube. He's got a tremendous back catalog of fights on there. Uh, all, all from like any different league you want, man. Juniors, uh, CHL, WPHL, UHL, it's all up there from Darren. So I encourage you to go check that one out. Again, that's fourth line voice. And if you want to check mine out with the current ECHL stuff, uh, just look up Five for Fighting Podcast and you'll find it. So same thing with the social media. If you want to follow me there, Five for Fighting Podcast on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook, just look it up and it should pop up just fine. Um, you could even say you'll be able to find the video of me uh, busting my ass at the, at the uh, the intermission mini game at the Hertz Arena the other night at the Blades game. So I got picked. Well, I shouldn't say I got picked. I kind of volunteered for it, but I was in the arena for like five minutes. So I just got there and I'm sitting there bullshitting with Tommy and his wife, and I got my wife next to me. So we're all just sitting there bullshitting, get ready to go grab a beer, and I get approached by whatever the I got the media team or whatever the public relay. I don't know what the fuck you'd want to call it. Uh, the promotion team for the Everblades. Asking to compete in one of the mini games, and it was like I had to undo a frozen shirt, put it on, run down. I, did, I thought it was only running like down the ice a little bit. No, once I get there, I find out it's like you're gonna run all the way down the ice and then all the way back. I was like, holy shit, I'm wearing my boots. So uh, yeah, I, I typically wear you know cowboy boots or Vans. Those are my two go-to uh, you know footwear. So of course, this night I happen to be wearing my cowboy boots with, and it's my most worn-out fucking pair I have. My Ariats, they're just worn down to shit so i have no traction and i could feel it after i i got up to a certain speed which mind you is not very fast for my fat ass but once i got up to a certain speed i was like okay uh if i go any faster than this i'm gonna bust my ass and the dude there was a guy in front of me actually 
but he missed the uh, the finish line. The finish line he was supposed to cross in the middle, and he went he blew past it. So I was second place, and I almost fucking lost it. So I I was trying to turn because I almost missed it as well. But I was trying to turn, fell down, but I still managed to fucking get my hand up there and get it done. So got a nice little <laughs> the the winnings was I got to keep the t-shirts I had to unfold and put on, and then I also got to get a gift card to some restaurant. So me and the wife got to go there eventually. But yeah, if you want to go ahead and follow the podcast. Um, social media you'll be able to see my fat ass running running like a banshee i guess uh so if you want to be provided with more entertainment but anyways guys we've been going on for almost 10 minutes here actually we're a little over 10 minutes so you didn't come here to listen to me uh run my yap the entire time you came here for nico blashman so without further ado we will pass it over to him thank you guys give the podcast a rate and review it'll really help the show grow and without further ado here is nico blashman thanks everybody this should be good. This should be very good. All right. Today's guest on the Five for Fighting podcast, he, we're breaking new ground over here. He's the youngest guy I've ever had on, the first time I've ever had on a current player, so it's a change of pace for all you uh, the old cats out there that listen for the old tough guys. Uh, currently playing for the Florida Everblades. It's his rookie season. He's already got a fight under his belt in the regular season and three more in preseason. That is none other than Nico Blatchman. Nico, how you doing today, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know you guys just came off of that road trip. You guys played Worcester and Maine and uh, came out with three wins, so that was pretty big for you guys to bounce back after the Norfolk games. Of course, uh, those listening know my, my my love for hockey has been rejuvenated recently with the Everblades, so I'm following them pretty closely now um, as opposed to how I've been in recent years with former hockey teams. But um, it's a lot of fun, so I think this will be a solid interview with uh, Nico. Man, I think it's going to be a good time, so. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Those those three games were huge. You're absolutely right. Yeah, we needed those wins. Um, I think we're a great team, and we just weren't really clicking to start, and now we're clicking, so it's good stuff. No, for sure, and I saw some people were freaking out after, like, four games in certain groups, like, oh, my God, what's wrong with the team? I'm like, it's four games. Pump the brakes, you know? It's like, just let them get, like, a 10-game stretch in, and everybody's still gelling. It's a new season. Calm down. Sure as shit. There you go. Fucking putting up three on the road like nothing. And, uh, you know, you guys play Orlando tomorrow, so I'm, we're getting this in the afternoon a little bit here, so we got time for you to prep for the game tomorrow in case you're in the lineup. Um, so I'm looking forward to going to the game tomorrow and catching you guys play Orlando. That was the team you actually had the three preseason fights against. Yeah, um, should be a good game tomorrow. This is our first time playing them in the reggie season. And, um, yeah, we played them those two games in the preseason, and uh, there was a couple tilts, not just me. So, um I think it's going to be a gritty game again. Um, I don't know the lineup, but, you know, whatever happens, happens. And um, I think the boys will be ready to get another win. No, for sure, man. And, yeah, Cody McDonald himself had a tilt. I didn't uh, – my – my knowledge on junior players coming up is fairly new. So when I, I saw you, I, I no offense. I'd never heard of you. Cause I don't follow much hockey right now. Um, as far as the newer game and out of nowhere, I'm seeing these clips come up in the Everblades groups. And it's like, this kid has fought three times. I'm like, Holy shit. Like this is, I haven't seen something like this in a long time in hockey. And I mean, it was, it was awesome. And I know, uh, Cody McDonald, another tough guy coming out of uh, the Western League, and he got him, himself in a tilt with, like, a, a dude was huge. He was, like, 6'9 or something from Orlando. Um, so everybody was getting after it in the preseason. So a lot of sparks were flying against Orlando. So hoping hoping that that carries over a little bit on, on tomorrow. Um, so Yeah, for sure. Cody is a sneaky nail gun. Um, we got a lot of guys on our team that are sneaky nail guns. It's not <laughs> just the guys that are fighting a lot. There's guys that will fight a little bit, but – they're sneaky, really tough. We got a sneaky, tough team. 
No, for sure. And it seems like you guys got a bunch of dudes who are definitely willing. Like Hearley went the other night against uh, Noah Corson. And for those listening, it's actually uh, the son of former NHL tough guy, Shane Corson. A uh, little fun fact out there. And then, of course, uh, who was the other guy that fought the other night? Oh, Neville. But he, he got that, that. I think he got a suspension from that hit, unfortunately. I didn't think it was really suspension worthy. I mean, sure, sure, give him the gate. But I didn't think it was suspension worthy, personally. But um you know, I'm sure, of course, I'm sure none of you guys did either. <laughs> no, Nevs is not even sneaky tough. Nevs is is tough, tough. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that guy, uh, he can handle his own. And I find he's the kind of guy that usually um, his fights are more like always answering the bell. Like he makes big hits and right. then he answers the bell every time and does well every time. I mean, in preseason, he came in with a Superman punch. <laughs> and uh you love to see that yeah gotta love it going in there bx style um so you know like i said before you're the youngest guy i've had on and normally i kind of timeline guys careers but your career is just starting as far as the pro world goes of course you've been in a couple different uh junior leagues uh junior a and of course the q but uh you're actually a florida native so when did you start playing hockey man yeah um i started playing roller hockey down here down in hollywood um which is like a bit north of miami and um i played roller hockey there till i was like maybe nine and then the rink shut down and i started playing ice just because there was no more roller so i just switched to ice and then it was kind of easy to pick up like switching from roller to ice you know the only thing different is really the skating and stuff but the stick handling the shooting and i just kind of took off from there i started i guess when i was like nine i played in-house and then travel when I was like 11, 12, and then took off from there. No, for sure. And so, you know, you say you started, you know, shooting and skating and everything at that young age. And, uh, you know, you got into the uh, the old USHL at 2014. Funny you talked about that. Damn, I was graduating high school then. Um, you know, when did the fighting and kind of the physical play start for you? I know some guys might take to it right away, and then the other guys it's a little bit later in their, in their playing times when it kind of develops a little bit more. Yeah, for me, it was something that um, I was always a power forward, um, I guess you'd call it. Like, I was always, I like to finish my hits. Um, when I went to Shattuck when I was younger, um, I was a good player in Florida, but I was never the best player. Um, I, was a, I was a good player, though, down here. But then when I went up to Shattuck, it was like everyone was the best player wherever they're from. <laughs> right. And I was on the fourth line, uh, played with some sick players, and I just started to make like big hits. Like that's how I was contributing. And uh, I liked it. I like being physical. I think hockey's a physical game and uh, I embrace the physicality. I like fi finishing my hits. Um, I love fighting too. Like, I think it's like part of human nature. And I think in our game, like we're allowed to fight and not really get in trouble. So it's <laughs> like, <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about that. Like, you know, a lot of people love to fight and they can never do it. But like what we do, we're allowed to do it. So for me, it's like, I don't know. I just love it, I guess I'd say. And also, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to go far down every shot and, you know, dangle everybody. So it was kind of like, I want to play in the NHL one day and you got to do what you got to do to get there. Right, Exactly, man. And well, it's funny that you say that you love fighting and 
from my experience in talking with, uh, you know, a bunch of different players from all sorts of leagues, of course, you know, anybody who goes like the, the LNH or the Quebec League up there, you, you got to love fighting for that. But other guys in, you know, the other minor pro leagues that you got, like, uh, you know, the ECHL or uh, the old SPHL, leagues like that, it seems like guys almost do better if they actually enjoy it or like they embrace the role a bit more. Um, to whereas, you know, you can tell if a guy's almost kind of fighting just to stay on the, stay on the team and stay kind of like relevant. But when a guy actually embraces it, um, I think the fighting will typically almost come to them a little bit easier, if that makes sense. Did you find that with you? I think, I think that goes with anything you do in life is like, if you love what you're doing, you're going to be better at what you're doing. So like, for me, it's like, I love fighting. Um, I love boxing. Like I train and I love getting better at fighting. I love learning from my fights. I watch all my fights over and over again. I see what I did, what I did wrong. And then I correct it next time. And that's why I love to fight. And that's why the other day when you talk to me, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm so cold right now. It's cold oh, in no, here. You're good, man. Noob, noobs keeps it so cold. Oh, you're room, your room with Noober? Yeah. The oh, other nail Jesus. gun. And he, he obviously gets to win on uh, what the temperature is at. Yeah, you got you got the veter- the veteran status over there for Nuber. Yeah, so but no, yeah, like the other day we were talking about the 10 fight rule and that's why I'm against it is because like as a guy that likes to fight like you know, sometimes don't go fight fights don't go as planned and as a fighter like that's your job. So when you have a bad fight like you're disappointed, you know what I mean? Like it sucks and when you watch it, it's like watching film. Like you see what you did wrong and then you want to correct it and you want to win the next one. So it's just like the 10 fight rule kind of like doesn't let you bounce back. You're like, oh, I can't really fight like next game and next game and next game because right. it'll catch up to you. Yeah, well, it's like you're in my notes over here. It was one of my questions. I was asking if you watch any fight film at all by any chance because I know uh, some guys – you know, in the earlier days who I've interviewed on here, you know, they might got like a VHS tape back in the day, which sounds so like archaic now that they would get to the end and like pop it in um, and watch fights that way. And they might have like two fights to watch. But now, of course, with modern technology and YouTube, you get all the fights. Um, well, I mean, hopefully you got a good view of the, the fight you had against uh, Orta Body, because I think I posted that within the first like five minutes after you were even... I don't even think yeah, you were out of the box yet. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Thanks for that. And that's like what I, exactly what I'm talking about, like with him. I wanted to go on right away again. And he didn't. And I kind of understood why he didn't because we only get 10 fights. Like that's what kind of sucks because I already knew what I did wrong. Then after watching it, I know even more what I did wrong is like, for me, it's like when I fight, I want to win. But at the same time, I want to create as much energy as possible. And for me, in order to do that, then the fight needs to be like exciting. And for a fight to be exciting, like people need to get hit. Like it needs to be open. People need to get hit, whether it's me or the other guy or both of us. So like I opened up too early. I was a bit um, horny to get the win there and to get a (laughs) knockout, I think. And yeah, that's what happens. I got caught. Luckily, I luckily I was able to get back up, and that ref, that ref kind of stood away. I thanked him for that, and uh, yeah, it ended up being a good tilt. But at the end of the day, like those are the ones that you kind of want back sometimes, or you just really want to go them again to like 
kind of get it back. <laughs> right, get a little bit of a redemption there. And yeah, it's the 10, not only that with the 10 fight rule, man, and then he, of course, I think you and I touched on it. Like if you're at sitting at nine fights um, and a teammate gets ran, you almost, you're, you're gun shy to go in there because you know you're going to pay for it from the league. But shouldn't the guy that ran your teammate get punished more than you do for going up and standing up for your teammate? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, yeah, that 10-fight rule. It sucks for guys like me, honestly, because for me, it's like as an energy creator, I create energy through many different ways, but like the fighting is the one that is kind of can create the most energy in like the quickest way. Right. Does that makes any sense? Like a big hit works, but like if I fight a guy and like get a knockout or like have a crazy fight, get back up and then get him down and stuff like that. Like it's like seeing one of your brothers like out there fighting at the bar and then he knocks the guy out. Like, <laughs> are you not going to have a great night after that? Like, no, absolutely. Exactly. You know, like even if you weren't going to have a great night before that, like now you are, you know what I mean? Now the juices are flowing. So for me, it's like, as a guy that likes to create energy, it, it, it kind of limits me a little bit, but there's other ways to do it. No, for sure. And it's always been said, you know, there's two times when people stand up in a hockey game and it's when a goal is scored and then when a fight's going on. So it's, it's the perfect way to create energy. And I know it's debated a bunch of, by well, you know, a bunch of different people these days, if fighting can actually create energy in hockey, but I really think it does. Uh, you see it in the buildings and I actually went over it last episode. I did with certain fights. Does it work every time? No, but there's certain fights where it can turn the tide of a game. And I can tell you for sure. I brought my father-in-law to that game when you fought over to body there and, I mean, it, we were just going ape shit because he hasn't seen anything like that in a long time. We He's used to like Tampa Bay Lightning hockey where they fight once every, I don't know, fucking 17 games, maybe if that. Um, and so uh, he was he was jacked to the gills after that. And of course, I'm sure the little pr- tailgate pregame that we had uh, probably helped out a little bit there. I, I think there was some drunk asshole yelling at you guys in the tunnel uh, in between the second period. Uh, hyping you guys up. I don't know who that guy was, but I think yeah, he that was awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know who he was. I think he was drinking a lot of Bush Light in the fucking tailgate, though. So I'll see if I can get him get, get him on the show or something. Maybe um, plot twist. That was me uh, for those listening. <laughs> that was definitely hundred percent awesome. me and Tommy. Um, so no, but I definitely get what you're saying, man. With with fighting, kind of bringing energy to the team. And um, one thing I want to ask you: coming up as a younger fighter now, and you know, fighting is it's not dead of course i don't think it'll ever die in hockey but it's definitely at such a slower rate than it is um even 10 years ago is there any gonna is there any guy that you kind of mold yourself after like is there any fighter you look at uh whether it be in the minors or the nhl and you say you know i kind of want to have a style like that uh for the first part like dying down in hockey i think it was dying down i think like the past two years it's kind of been like it dipped and then it's going back up now Um, especially because of the Tom Wilson effect and like people see how valuable a guy is that can play and do that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, you see it now, like the Rangers traded for Reeves. Um, Like you still need it. Some people still need it. And I think now people are starting to realize more than ever that they need it to, to not only protect their guys, but just like, just open up more space on the ice, create more energy for your team type of thing. I think like most guys, for example, are like, um, 
like they like skill guys and stuff like that. Like they're worried about their game and as they should be and stuff like that. And guys like me are supposed to hype those guys up and get them ready to go and make sure that they're fired up really like keep the room loose and, and make sure they're ready to go. Honestly, like I take pride in that, you know, even when I'm not in, like I take pride in, whatever it may be like helping the boys out you know what I'm saying so like that's something that to me like it does bring value to a team and that's why I do it and I think people are starting to see more and more that um guys like that do bring value to a team um but you do got to be able to play nowadays uh guys that I would say I try to imitate um in our organization for example is a guy like Matthew Olivier who um just got called up to Nashville actually today. And then maybe like uh, a younger guy playing for the Bruins. He's actually my age. He's a good buddy of mine, Trent Frederick. Yep. Uh, I really like the way he plays. And then back in the day, I don't know. I like Andrew Shaw. Um, and then I used to like Ovechkin a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick a favorite, like, like old time fighter, who you got, who's your favorite fighter? Um, I think Ty Domi, honestly, just because like, I find I I fight not like, I mean, I can't say I fight similar to him because like, if you look at the guys that he fought like Prober and all that stuff, but I mean, I like to consider myself a, a smaller guy that can eat punches for sure. And you know, can throw them as well. So I don't know, I guess we have that in common and we're both <laughs> bald. So there you go. Yeah, well, Ty Domi, you get the well, he get the spin cycle going on dudes, and just it's crazy undersized. And that's what that's what took me back too when I first started uh, like looking into into your your career and everything. I was like, man, he he's so undersized compared to you know like you look at a guy like Newber for example on the team, how fucking huge he is, or like uh, from Norfolk the other night, Anthony Collins, those guys, um, and they're huge. And um, you, you yourself, you're undersized compared to like the guys like that. And those I think are probably the heavyweights of the league and in, in today's standards. Um, so I think it's pretty cool that you just go out there and, and give it hell <laughs> being the stature you are. Yeah. For me, it's like when I was younger, I just thought that there was no chance you could get hurt in a hockey fight. So I was like, why wouldn't I just fight anyone? <laughs> um, I was like, like the worst thing that can happen is the guy punches me in the face. You know what I mean? So I was like, Oh, you can't get hurt. As I get older, like, I realize that, like, maybe you can get hurt if you get caught too many times in certain places in the same fight or what whatnot. So, like, you start to learn how to fight. Like, I took up boxing and stuff like that. Actually, um, Yannick Turcott, he's a fighter. He beat me up pretty good. And then that summer, I hit him up and I was like, hey, I'm in Quebec City. Like, do you box? And he was, he was like, yeah, I box here, like, three times a week. You can come. So I started boxing with him. I started getting better at fighting. And then once you like get better at fighting and once you start to study the fight game and like once you put work into it, I guess, then it's just like super exciting to get into a fight because you just want to show like what you've been working on and you want to show your skill. Like it's a skill at the end of the day. Like I like to consider myself more of a technical fighter, even though I get punched a lot. <laughs> like that's part of my game plan though. You know what I mean? Like it's all technique and like as a smaller guy, like that needs to be my game plan. So whether it be like I wait guys out, then I switch or I wait guys out and I play them righty because I think they can catch me if I switch or or I'm I'm doing more tugging because I feel like their balance is shit or I'm doing 
more body shots because I don't know, whatever it may be like, or I'm lifting the, or I'm punching the, the upper arm to get his reach out of the way. Like everything is like very technical. And like, I think that's how it should be for, for every fighter. I think every fighter should like have technique and like watch fights and learn from their fights. Because at the end of the day, like, like I said earlier, like losing a fight, like it's, it's not the biggest deal, but it is a big deal for a guy that does that. So you got to get good at it. You got to love it. You got to study it and you got to definitely want to do it. I mean, a hundred percent, you got to want to do it. I mean, it's something that like, I think for me, it's in my nature that like, I like doing it and I'll go anyone. I don't think everyone's like that. Um, but at the same time, like I respect everyone that like has ever done the role a hundred percent because I know the ups and downs and like, I just started my pro career, but in junior, like I've been through the ups and downs there and, uh, like guys like Nuber, for example, like over 200 career tilts. Like I respect the hell out of guys like that, that have been doing it for a long time. And, you know, hopefully I can be his age and still doing it. <laughs> no, for sure, man. And yeah, Nuber, man, he's, oh God, I, I'm a huge Kyle Nuber fan. He's had some great ones. Um, I posted one not too long ago back with his fight. He had like with like Luke Gazdick back in junior, which is insane. Just punch in the face contest. Um, so it seems like the linesman let you guys go a little bit more in this league compared to like the NHL, I guess. Like you said, the linesman um, the other night, even though you kind of, you, you got buckled a little bit, but you got back up, he still let you go. Um, do they, are they a little bit more lenient in that aspect in in the coast here? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm a rookie. I don't really know anything here. Um, from what I've seen, they do let us go a lot. And I thank that guy after, like I said, because that was huge for me. That fight would have ended there. That would have been terrible. I wouldn't have been able to sleep, but um, <laughs> I'm glad he let me get back up and keep going. And that's huge. Like, you know, some guys, they want, they want the refs to go in, but like when they do, they, they stop throwing and they stop fighting. And like, you know, I think like when guys are going at it and stuff, the ref should never go in. Like, I don't like how they do it in the NHL now where the refs are going in in the middle of a tilt. Yeah. I think that's kind of whack. But I don't know. I guess that's where it is there. But I'm glad in the coast, it's they kind of let us go. They do let us go more, I guess, from what I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's what I've seen. So I was just curious if – I don't know if you had talked to him at all. I know you said that one line has been let you go. Because um, this is actually my first year really watching the ECHL. I haven't watched any – pro hockey in quite a while i'd tune into lightning games here and there but i haven't like followed pro hockey in quite some time even though i run a professional hockey podcast which is kind of funny um so you said you you have you know the physical stuff that goes in but also the mental aspect um which i think that's that's kind of forgotten in the role of you know a fighter such as yourself you see people talk about you know, the physical aspect where, you know, your hands might get beat up and, uh, you know, cuts and stitches or whatever on the face. But how is it mentally on you, man? Like, is it, is it tough? Do you have trouble sleeping at night at all? Or like, you know, you just go out there giving it hell, fuck it. Yeah, no, this is the best job in the world, man. <laughs> I sleep like a baby. Um, yeah. Like sometimes when you, when you know, you're going to fight a guy just because like, maybe you know you're in the lineup and you know that they have a tough guy and you just kind of know that like there's a 90 percent chance it'll happen right 
And if you want it to be a hundred percent, like I know that I can make it a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? So like, you kind of know that there could, there very well could be those nights. Like you, like for me, like I envision it, like I envision it many times. I play it many times. I play any outcome that can happen. I've played like me getting hit before in the chin. Like that's never happened to me. Like I've played that many times before where I get hit in the chin and I go down and I get back up. Like, I think that's why that happened too. Like, I think there's some things like when you visualize it, um, like then when you go in that situation, it becomes automatic because you've seen it before. So that's what I like to do. Like I like to envision, envision every situation, like switching to a left, getting caught and then continuing switch or switching back to the right. Like if, if, if it doesn't buckle me staying up, but switching back, like just little things like that. I envision over and over in my head for sure before a fight, but not that I lose sleep or anything like that. Like when I wake up in the morning, I'm the most fired up guy in the world. I can't wait for it to happen. The only thing that sucks is like the time between morning skate and the game, because you're just kind of waiting for it to happen. And maybe like the days that, you know, you're fighting, like it's harder to take a nap, but for me, it's more excitement than anything. Right. And I've heard that um, before. It's like, you almost, you're not nervous. It's more so like you're anxious, but it's a good thing. Cause it's like, you're, you're ready to, you're ready to go. And you know, you're jacked up for it. Cause if you're not feeling something, then something's wrong. Cause you're not, you're almost not ready then at that point is what I've kind of, I'd heard. call it, I'd, I'd call it like pressure. Right. You feel pressure. And like, pre- I say that like in the best way, because if you don't have pressure in your life, that means that like you're doing nothing that's worthy. You know what I'm saying? Like when there's pressure, like pressure is a privilege. Like when you feel pressure, you should, you should be grateful and you should step up to the plate. So for me, like, that's how I look at it. Like I definitely feel pressure sometimes more than others, but I always like, I'm grateful for the, for the pressure. And I know that it's a privilege and I, I, I step up to the, to the plate, like, or I like to think that I step up to the plate when it's time, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I look at it. It's not, I choose to be here. I choose this lifestyle and I fucking love it. So for me, it's like, it's the best job in the world when I'm in, like, you know what I'm saying? Like when I'm in and I know I'm fighting, it's like the best, like rather than like being in the stands or like going in, going in and knowing that you're not fighting is also fine. Like playing hockey is great. I love playing hockey. Like I love playing hockey first, but it's a huge part of my game that I love too, fighting. So yeah, no, I, I'd call it pressure for sure, but in the best way. Absolutely, man. I think that's a pretty solid way to put it. Um, just a couple more for you here and I'll get you on your way. I don't want to keep you too, too long. I know, like you said, we, uh, we talked about it before you got the game day tomorrow. So I got to make sure you get your good night's sleep tonight. Um, one sure. question I had asked, and I, I've been curious about this. Um, and I, I've asked it a couple times to guys. So you played hockey at university, um, college hockey before and I have heard from a bunch of different people former players and fans is, is there more stick work and everything that goes on in leagues where there isn't fighting allowed yeah for sure we got guys like every game high stick we got guys getting crushed from behind all the time our captain got crushed from behind my first game and I fought the guy I got a one game suspy it's just kind of ridiculous that you're playing with um half shields and you can't fight like if you want to do that you might as well throw the cages on 
but then guys like me would have never even gone to that league in the first place. A lot of <laughs> Q guys wouldn't go to that league. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's a joke that they don't fight there. Like guys go from the Q to there or guys go from major junior to there and then they eliminate fighting, but then they want to go pro after. It's just like, I think, I think all leagues that are like junior and up should have NHL rules. Like it's, right. what are we all trying to do is play in the NHL. Like, you know, you don't want to go up there and have to adjust to rules and stuff. I just, I just think, and then you get used to playing that game and you create bad habits. I think, especially for a guy like me, like it's, I don't know. I think, I think, I think it's harder. I, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get what you're saying, man. Well, it's like you, you said, you're, you're trying to make the NHL and you go from playing, you, you know, Brad, the college player and, you know, he's being a douchebag, you know, not answering the bell or anything like that. And then you're not allowed to fight him. But then next thing you know, you get called up to the ECHL, you're lined up next to Anthony Collins. And it's like, well, if you didn't fight in uh, college because you weren't allowed to, I don't, I don't know how well you're going to do against Collins because you got no experience under your belt. And I know that's that's a very hot topic with junior hockey. I know you fought in the queue. Um, and I know they just came out with that the rule where if you fight once, it's a five and a ten. So you're automatically kicked out now. And I know junior hockey fighting is, you know, a hot topic because it's the people are under 18 and whatever. Yeah. But the problem is once you go and you advance to the levels that have fighting, you're almost not ready. And that's, I think, I think that's when people can really get hurt. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you a hundred percent. Then also you see guys like Trent Frederick that he played at university of Wisconsin and then he went to the Bruins kind of right away and he did his thing. He did really well. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with you that a lot of it is experience. I also think you can learn like how right. to fight um, through boxing and whatnot as well. Um, but for me, like I heard the other day, like on a spin chicklets, um, Dowd said that all the guys that play in the NHL, like usually get there. They're like first liners everywhere they go. Then they get to the NHL. They have to adjust to their roles that there's not really a lot of fourth liners that go all the way. Well, like if I go all the way, I'll be that guy because at every level I've played the fourth line role. Um, I've never been a first line, second line, like even third line guy. I've played fourth line since my Bantam year. So for me, like I've gotten the chance to perfect this role and get better at this role. And um, when I got to junior and I was able to mix in fights, I was able to round out my role even more. And I think that's um, something that, you know, maybe before it was like a lot of the guys in the NHL that are fourth liners now were first liners in the OHL or Q or dub or whatever it may be. But I think like if you allow guys to embrace the fourth line role, like in major junior and round out their game or even in the USHL, um, like it'll it'll allow guys a chance to, to maybe you'll start seeing guys that have perfected the fourth line role in the coast, like get called up and perfect that fourth line role in the A and then get called up and perfect the fourth line role in the NHL and just have a great attitude because, you know, sometimes those guys that like our first liners in the major junior, their fourth line in the A or in the NHL. And it's like, it sucks for them because like, that's not what they're used to. And it's an absolute grind if it's not what you're used to, like being in and out of the lineup and 
not playing a ton of minutes like for for some guys like that's the worst job in the world like for a guy like me that's been doing it and has accepted it and has embraced it it's the best job in the world so like who would you rather have on your team so I think for me like fighting in junior has really allowed me to round out that part of my role and has allowed me to excel and it's definitely helped me get to where I am today I, I think if there was zero fight clips of me out there then I wouldn't have this job right now but I don't know Right. No, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's true, man. And you know, you brought it up. This is your, your first year pro. So this is the last question I'll ask you. Cause I, I, I don't want to keep you too, too long. Um, you know, do you have any personal goals for your first year pro? Um, I have a ton of goals. I have a ton of goals. So my first goal was to come here and make this team. And I mean, now my goal is to find a way to um, get in the lineup and find a way to contribute to uh, this team, just find a way to um, add value. I think that's uh, my biggest goal right now is just to add value to the team, wherever it may be, when I'm in and when I'm out um, in practice and in morning skate and just all the time bringing energy and, and contributing um, and adding value to this team. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, congratulations for making the team. And, uh, you know, you've, I think you've already made a, a bit of an impact already after the, the good fight you had with Ordovati. And hopefully you get the start tomorrow versus uh, versus Orlando. And I'm looking forward to catching catch a lot of Everblade games this year, hopefully with uh, with Nico Blatchman in the lineup here. Yeah, absolutely. And sorry for the shake in the beginning. I've warmed up now. I'm feeling good. Oh, no, you're good. Well, that's on that's on Nuber at this point. So, you know, he's, you blame blame it on him. Yeah, absolutely. But thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I always love talking to you. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Right. Good luck for the rest of the season. Man.